world-class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%, empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. Get access to exclusive interviews with top producing real estate professionals. Listen in as we talk about their journey in the business, best practices, and lessons learned. Hosted by Kiro Nasrallah and John Scipioni, this is Light It Up with Lighthouse Residential. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. I am super excited about today's guest. Uh, we have with us an individual selling over 100 uh, homes per year consistently for the last 10 years. Uh, sold over 2,000 homes in his career, currently coaching uh, over 100 agents throughout the country, including some of the top agents uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Again, super excited to have with us Mr. Aaron Novello. Mr. Novello. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to be here with you. Of course. You know, Aaron, we're always trying to bring people who uh, we think bring you know tremendous value to the platform. So, uh, again, really excited to have you here. And, you know... Can I share with you like one thing that I'm most excited about? <laughs> yeah, for sure, brother. What is it? <laughs> you know, what I didn't say in that uh, fabulous intro I just delivered uh, was that you're actually my business coach. I didn't tell everybody out there that. And, uh, you know, each week Aaron and I meet every Friday morning, 8 a.m. sharp, and he puts me in the hot seat with a lot of pointed questions. So I'm super excited to sort of uh, reverse the roles here a little bit today. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Good. So, you know, on that note, I mean, uh, let's, 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 let's ease into it a little bit. Right. So, uh, no foreplay. <laughs> you two, Straight in. All right. you and I have been working together. I don't know about a year now, but, um, the relationship stems to, to prior to that, where I had been to some of your events and some things that you had hosted in Hoboken. Just, just talk to us about like where, where you are today in your business and life and, and, and how that, how all that looks like. Yeah, for sure. So um, I appreciate the kind words, right? Particularly coming from guys like you. I mean, it's uh, it means a lot. So yeah, I've been selling real estate for about 16, 17 years now. It took me five years to get up to 100 transactions a year. Uh, since then, we've remained consistent there. Um, did 200 deals twice in a row. And then what started to happen is, is that, um, you know, somebody had, I guess, recorded me role playing and didn't tell me. Uh, and then they shared it with people. And it was interesting because people started to reach out to me and say like, hey, I listen to you all the time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, yeah, man, like, you know, those recordings of you role playing expires and for sale by owners. I was like, oh, that was news to me. So at first I was like, oh, man, like I was a little mad about that. Like you didn't tell me. But then I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Now more people know who I am. So what started to happen organically without me really being intentional or purposeful about it was people started to reach out to me and ask me for help, right? And um, so that was cool and that happened organically. And then I started to be more intentional about it. Like, wow, like this is an opportunity for me to play kind of the infinite game and help other people to play at a higher level. So then I started to be more intentional about it. So now, you know, the consulting business again, you know, 100 plus clients, uh, the resale business is about 140 to 50 deals a year uh, consistently. And uh, yeah, you know, now it's about continuing to pay attention. I see myself really as like um, kind of like a, a good steward of resources and continuing to pay attention at a high level as to how the game is changing, what rules still apply, because I think mm -hmm. there's some fundamental rules like gravity that don't change. 
yeah. at the same time, the landscape changes. It's kind of like, you know, 200 years ago, 200 million years ago, Earth looked a lot different than it looks now. However, gravity still existed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the landscape changes, but there's some fundamental rules that don't. So it's, it's paying attention to the fundamental rules and then con consciously, purposefully, and intentionally looking out on the horizon to see how the game's changing and how new rules are emerging and then applying those new rules, right? And sharing those with other players like yourself and other people so that way they can continue to play at the highest level. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us about that a little bit. Like, how do you see the, the industry changing? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things that are happening. Um, the first is, is that uh, the internet is like a thing. So I used to kind of subscribe to this belief. I mean, I'd hang around people that would brag about not having a website. <laughs> Or they would yeah. brag about not having reviews online. And now it's like, dude, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> I used to think it was cool to do 200 deals a year and nobody know my name. Like, I'm the and Kaiser not, Soze of real estate. And not tell anybody about it. Yeah. 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 And I used to think that that was cool and I would brag about it. And what I'm aware of is in the environment that we're in, like, that's, it's dumb. Like, it's not in alignment with what's true. And in nature, if you go with what's true, you get rewarded. If you go against what's true, you get punished. Right. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So I'm aware that some of the environment is changing in, in, in a large way. It's due to the Internet. Right. So what's happening? Like, so if I was to ask John, like, hey, how do you make decisions about who gets your money in 2022? Do you pick up the phone and call somebody first? The answer is no. You go here first. It's the first thing you do. Right. 100 percent. Go to Google. You probably right. You look at reviews. You look at websites, you look at videos, then you either put your credit card in, make a decision, or then you pick up the phone. If they don't say something stupid, then you buy it, yep. right? So what's interesting is like technology is changing our expectations. Yep. It's changing our expectations as consumers. So for us to like willfully, intentionally, and purposefully be like, hey, this is the only thing, and it will always be the only thing, Yep. is like, mm, I mean, I just, it's not an accurate assessment of reality. Now that is a fundamental law of nature. That isn't going to change. I'm still going to need to talk to people. I have to do prospect lead, follow up, go on appointments, negotiate deals. Yep. That's not going to change. Yep. However, how people get in contact with me, making it easy for people to find me when they are online, right? Paying attention to digital assets, paying attention to social media, like to imagine that these things aren't radically changing the way that our game is played is foolish. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think that's honestly one of the, the things that, that drew me to you as a coach. I mean, you know, uh, I've had probably six or seven coaches over my, you know, my real estate career. And, and thankfully I was smart enough to get into coaching from day one. Um, but I don't know if I ever told you that, but I actually came across your profile or somebody was reposting it, whatever it was on Instagram. And uh, I started to see a lot of familiar faces, right? Like it was people that were, that I was like a Ben Esposito. Um, I'm not trying to name drop here, but <laughs> check out Ben Esposito. <laughs> um, no, but it was like people that I was familiar with, right? Like I was masterminding with them. I was role-playing with them. I'm like, oh, wait a second. What's, yep. what's Ben doing that I, that I don't know about? And, and, you know, that's the sort of thing that uh, sort of drew me to you. So, and, you know, the story I've given to you to the, in the past is that, um, when my wife and I were looking to do the, the work in our backyard, I, I think I've told you this, right? Um, 
we were looking to put do some like landscaping, maybe consider like redoing the pool and all that stuff. And and somebody had introduced us to this like landscaped architect backyard connoisseur. And the first thing that my wife did after I told her I had heard that this person did good work was she's like, let's look him up. And I'm like, all right. So she looks him up on Google. She looks him up on Instagram. She's like, yeah, we're not working with them. They have no nope. presence. And I'm like, what? And she's like, they have nothing. She's like, her Instagram has three pictures. Her, her, there's no like videos. There's nothing about her. Like her website is basic as basic can be. And like, I can't see any of her work. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, Dude, are people like referring business to me? Like say, hey, you should work with this guy, John. They look up John and they're like, yeah, I don't see a whole lot going on there. Like, yeah. And, and, and obviously like we're doing a high volume, you know, a large amount of business, but like we're not, I don't think we're putting enough out there and not telling enough people yeah. about that. Yeah, not enough people know. So it's interesting because I remember having a conversation with you about that uh, on one of our calls and how your mind exploded there where like you were literally trying to give her money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the decision of whether or not you gave money or not, your wife has been trained by technology and kind of it's changed the way she makes decisions that she checked her out because she didn't have a Google My Business profile with reviews because she couldn't see any of her work, whether it's on Pinterest or on Instagram or any of these places. She literally didn't get the business, period. Wow. So, and, and, yeah, that would not that would have been a, a big check. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it would have been. And what I'm aware of, too, is, is, you know, uh, some of the conversations that I've had with people like yourself that do like a million plus in GCI, uh, we'll get on a call and I'll just Google them. And I'm like, hey, yeah. I know you're one of the rock stars in your market, maybe one of the top agents, if not the top agent. I can't tell. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Because we're so conditioned to uh, learn that hard work is what you need to do to make money. And there's no easy shortcuts or anything like that, but it's not working smart. Well, right? and I think here's what it is. So I think it's twofold. One is we have to be very careful with where we get information from. I think sometimes what happens is, is we give, whether it's me or anybody else, we give that person like a halo effect. And if they give us some information that's helpful, then we stop looking for information elsewhere. And I think that that can become problematic. So I wanna be a student, not a follower. They're different. Mm -hmm. A totally. student is, as I absorb information, I soak it up like, yes, a follower is, is like, I'm going to blindly do whatever it is you tell me to do. Right. Exactly. So what I'm aware of is, is that, um, there's three types of leverage. Okay. The first type of leverage is labor leverage, which is, that's what a lot of the fortunes in the last, all of the fortunes over the last 200, 300 years, it's been built on. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but it's the lowest form of leverage. The reason is, is because you guys manage people. I mean, that's hard, man. You got people quitting, you know, un unannounced, not returning phone calls. You got this person yeah. that wants this, this person that's not happy. So it's better than having no leverage, but it's not the best form. The second form of leverage is capital. And capital's superior because capital works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never complains. It never gets upset. It never cries. It never says, I want more money. Like it just works all the time. Yeah. The third form of leverage though, is um, what the fortunes of the last 20 to 30 years have been built on that have dwarfed the other fortunes that took two to 300 years to build, which is having a product or a service that cost almost no money to duplicate or replicate once it's created. Yep. And that's either software, right? Yep. Or it's media. 
So the yep. deal is, Kiro, to that point, and this comes from a book called uh, the, um, the Almanac of Naval uh, Ravikant is his name. And when I read this, bro, brain exploded because he said, we don't live in a world of the people who, ha- who are rich or poor, the haves or have nots. We live in a world of people who have leverage and people who don't. Yeah. So the philosophy of I'm only doing this and that's it and it's me and nobody else, where's there any leverage in that? Yeah. You're absolutely right. None. There's no leverage of labor. There's no leverage of capital. And there's no leverage of media. None. Yeah. So if you look at the people that are like, mm, like just murdering the game right now, they yeah. have all three forms of leverage. Yeah. yeah. You know, speaking about leverage, you are a master of leveraging your time. You know, you're doing so much on top of that. You're a full-time father. I'm just curious to know what a day in the life of Aaron Novella looks like. Yeah, brother. So uh, it's not like it's pretty boring because it's the same thing. Like <laughs> back to back to back. Um, yeah. It's just really tight. So I think if, if I'm, you know, one of the things I'm particularly good at is just time blocking mm. and understanding that everything that I say yes to is something else I have to say no to. Mm. I like that. So, say that. so say that again. Yeah. So everything I say yes to is something else I have to say no to. Yeah. So, and because of that, you know, the average human has 27,550 days on planet earth. It's about 75 years in the industrialized world. Women have a little 85. bit tendency to get a little bit more than men, <laughs> but that's what's average, right? Yep. Yep. So I'm 41. So what that means is, is I've used a half. Mm. So whatever's left, I'm going to sleep through a third of it if I sleep eight hours a day. Mm. So that whole exercise is just to demonstrate that the amount of time that we have in this physical body and ex- having this kind of physical experience is really small. So mm. I can have anything I want in life, but I can't have everything. And that's hard because that's a message that's counter to what people say. Like, oh, Kiro, you could be anything you want. Well, okay. <laughs> you could have anything you want, but you can't have everything. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be very intentional and purposeful with what you say yes to. Because everything I say yes to is something else I say no to. So I only say yes to a few things. One is doing something physical with my body daily. Two, doing something where I'm reading or pulling in information daily. Three is showing up fully and completely in my businesses, in my residential resale business, prospect, lead, follow-up, go on appointments, negotiate. In the coaching business, showing up fully and completely and pouring out and sharing, mixture, mixing candor with care, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like being direct, but also letting people know we care about them and it's coming from a good place. And then um, my family and like, that's it, bro. And investing money. Like, so I only say yes to very, very small things. And I think that that's part of it. And then yeah. having like, really great staff around you. So in order to do something at a really high level, you need three people that are superstar, like rock stars, not like a players, like rock stars. You need someone who's a rock star at acquisition, mm. acquiring clients. Like in your guys' business, it's you two, right? Like you guys are the rock star yeah. at acquiring. We're training people and getting other people, but like it's you. Okay. The second person you need is a rock star in operations. Yep. So they like hold down the fort. They run everything. They pay all the te- like all the bills. Make sure you stay out of trouble, right? The third person you need a rock star is in delivery, delivering on the promises that you made, customer service and things like that. So if you can surround get those people to around you, then you can only focus on your area of gifts. So my gift is like really small. It's only doing certain things. It's being on the phone, talking to people. It's coaching and training. It's learning, like synthesizing information so I can share with other people. And the, the more that I can create a schedule in which I'm only playing in my gift, the more productive I'll be. Yeah. It sounds like 
you know, I've actually, I don't know what made me think about this recently. It feels like the majority of your day is on camera, right? Like we've talked about this. So, and what's interesting about that is it's, it's always the camera. It's, it's either a Zoom presentation for a prospective seller. Mm. It's a Zoom call or, or, you know, whatever sort of media you use with a coaching client. It's leading a mastermind, right? So it's allowing yourself to have those other people on your team handle all of the other stuff, right? Calendar, marketing, all the day-to-day. All the day-to-day, That's- 100%. And, and there's two issues with that. One is having people on your team that you actually trust Yeah. to do it. Because, you know, it's interesting. I, I have clients, not you guys, but people that like, you know, they hire, st- they hire staff and then they don't really trust them. They're following up with them all the time. They're paying attention to them all the time. But like truly being able to delegate and let go. The other thing that I was explaining to somebody today, if you think about it just from like a economic perspective, mm. is this woman, she was on, a, on her way to a showing and I was like, you know, when it was early in the morning, I'm like, what are you doing doing that? And she's like, well, you know, la, la, la. I said, can I ask you a question? She's like, yeah. I'm like, how much are you worth per hour? Uh-oh. Mm. And she, you know what she said? I don't know. And because she, and I said, you realize because you don't know, you're willing to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like it's understanding that all of those things that you just described are the most high dollar activities that I f- can do. Yep. It's where all of my value is, right? So, and what helped me with this is I remember back in the day, I think it was John Ames, he, he shared something with me that really stuck out to me. He's like, listen, man, every business has a value chain. So when you go to the doctor's office, like, does the doctor greet you at the door? It was like, no. no. Who greets you at the door? The secretary. secretary. What's the first question they ask? Has your insurance changed? How are you planning on paying for today's visit? <laughs> How are you going to pay for this shit? First question they ask, is it out of pocket? Is it, you know, like insurance, whatever. Then what do they do? They hand you a clipboard. And what are they doing with the clipboard? Pre-qualifying. Where does it hurt? How long does it hurt? Do you have a history of it hurting? Do your parents ever had it hurt there? Do you on medication? Did you travel outside the country? You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you hand the clipboard back. And then do you see the doctor? Nope. Then you see the physician's assistant. Yep. They tap on your knee, you pee in a cup, they weigh you, they ask you a few questions. Then they say, okay, the doctor will be in in a minute, which is a lie. <laughs> yep. Because now you got to wait for 30 more minutes. Doctor breezes in, he or she grabs the chart or they have their iPad now. Talk about like technology changing. They have yep. their iPad. They're like, oh, click, click, click. I see you're here for this. What they do is say, hey, John, let me look in your eyes. That's a bill. They touch your throat. That's a bill. You go, ah, that's a bill. They look in your nose. That's a bill. They check your ears. That's a bill. Then they write you a script and they're like, all right, cool. I need you back here in two weeks just to check up on you. Tell, say hello to your wife for me and I'll talk to you soon. They're gone in 10 or 15 minutes. They do that 20 times a day. Yep. Now those 20 times a day that pays for the lights, the rent, all of the bookkeeping, all of the staff, and it makes a profit. Yep. All of it. So the, the, the challenge is, is like a lot of this is just mental maps. Like the greatest thing that you can get from a coach or a teacher or a mentor is access to the way that they think because the way that they think allows them to do what they do. Yep. So it's just beginning to augment kind of that thought process around my time, around what my time's worth, around what activities I should actually be doing, that this other stuff really isn't my job and that I should have somebody else help me. Yeah. And once you could get those things clicking, then you can start to become really efficient. Yeah. You know, so, one of the things that's interesting is with all the things that's going on with you in your business life, which one 
is your passion? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, and I appreciate you asking it because I think this is like, uh, this is a thing for the hard charging crowd, myself included, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, the traditional like hard charger alpha types, right? Very much so like win and we like finite games. So I know for a fact, if I was like, hey, guys, we're going to play a finite game where there's a winner and a loser. These two guys are going to get out of their seat, take their jackets off and be like, let's go. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is great. And I love that competitive nature. What's interesting, though, is that this game that we're playing, I mean, oftentimes we try to apply finite rules to an infinite game. So what I like to tell people, me and John talked about this before. It's like, all right, so let's say we were at Las Vegas and we're playing like blackjack. Well, mm -hmm. our intellect, our uh, emotional intelligence, our um, ability to know probabilities and mathematics, that's going to dictate how many chips we can win. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the same in life, right? Yep. Now, but the analogy stops there because when, the, when I'm done with the game, which is a finite game because there's a time attached to it in Las Vegas, they tap me on the shoulder. Pit boss taps me on the shoulder. It's like, yo, it's time for you to be done. You grab your chips. They cash you out. You leave with money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of this game of life, somebody taps Kiro on the shoulder. It's like, hey, buddy, it's your time to roll. And you live all the chips on the table. Everything. Yep. You leave that nice, shiny watch you got on the table. You leave the car on the table. You leave the house on the table. You leave the bank account. Everything gets left on the table. And it gets redistributed to other humans. Mm. Yep. As though it almost didn't matter. So the question is, is if I'm, for me now, personally, at this stage, going through those evolutions, like, like, Having fear be the driving force to 100 deals. Got to do 100, mm -hmm. got to do 100, got to do 100, got to do 100. Stressing myself about doing 100, right? Then going from 100 to 200 and imagining that that was the, oh, that's it. Once I do 200, I'll be blissed out of my mind. My life will be cool and awesome and there'll be no problems or challenges, yep. right? And then recognizing like, wait a minute, that's not true either. Mm. Then it's beginning to shift to this infinite game. So what's really exciting to me now is doing meaningful work with people that I enjoy. Yep. People like you, people like people like John, and and equipping other players to play the game. Because the difference between a finite game and an infinite game, mm. in a finite game, there's a winner and a loser, and the goal is to be the winner. In an infinite game, the goal is to keep playing. And the goal is to equip other players to play with you. Right. So that's right. what gives me the most juice now. What gives me the most juice, like with our Freedom Builders Mastermind that's coming up in April, which is going to be so exciting, like preparing for that right yeah. being able to spend time with people that i really like and enjoy doing meaningful work that's fun equipping other players to play at higher levels like like helping people to build wealth and create financial freedom by leading by example like these things bring juice like do i still get juice by you know somebody saying like well you know the mallards in the backyard we feed them the house should be worth ten thousand dollars more because <laughs> of that like no nah, bro like that doesn't before you would do it because you want to get the listing and you're like, ah, right. That doesn't, that doesn't do that for me anymore. Instead, now it's about this infinite game and equipping other leaders to play at a really high level. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell that you're addicted to exposure, right? And, and you have a wealth of knowledge by bringing everybody together. So you're almost like that glue that brings knowledge and scraps it off to other people and shares it in between, which is amazing. You know, one of the things um, that, Sorry, I lost my train of thought completely. With the passion that you have for being able to, to do what you're doing right now, what would you say is the vision for the future? What does the future hold? Yeah, like, like I, 
you know, I, I sort of look at like uh, a coach like yourself, almost like a professor, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't coach for the money, right? Like you could probably spend that time doing a lot more transactions, but you coach because you obviously have, a, you know, a passion for it and you're good at it and you, you like, you know, seeing the success in other people. I see it one-on-one -on -one each week when in our coaching calls, yeah. right? Like you actually, you know, uh, get genuinely excited about successes in my life. But, but like, what's, what's the future look like? Is it, is it um, trying to get to more transactions? Is it trying to get to more coaching clients? Is it trying to get to more passive income? One of the things that we always talk about, what, what is it? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think it's a combination of things. I think it's about figuring out how I can impact more people. So it's, you brought up an interesting point. Like one of the, um, I had a, a client, you know her, Anna Padahovich, and uh, she called me one day and she asked me to work with her. I'm actually having dinner with her this evening. And she said to me, she was like, Aaron, um, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah. She's like, why do you coach people? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She's like, you sell a lot of homes, man. Like I imagine like you can make way more money selling houses. And I said, well, Anna, that's operating under the assumption that the only reason to do something is because it's the most profitable thing to do. Yep. Like mm -hmm. not having like an aware, like, you know, what I said to her is like, look, if I make a meaningful impact in the quality of your life moving forward, if I disappear off planet earth, like a part of me stays with you. Yeah. Like one of, one, a, a mentor of mine, I never met him before. And he's told, he's shaped my thinking so much like Jim Rohn, never met the dude. He died before I even knew he was a guy. We're both yeah, mm -hmm. huge fans. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm aware that like that guy impacted my life and I never met him. Can you do a quick Jim, Jim Rohn impression? Those are called the facts. Like that's the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, so, so my thinking is, is how can I, with what I'm doing, yep. like what platform, right, is available to me that will allow me to increase the amount of people that I can impact, whether it be through financial education, whether it be through, um, you know, understanding this game and how to play it at a high level so that way they can reap the rewards that it's provided for me and my family. Because if I'm gonna be greedy for anything, bro, like I don't think at the end of the game that people are gonna be like, well, you know, Aaron was a great guy. He sold 200 homes and one here. Yeah, they don't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like they really don't care. What they're gonna say is yeah. like, bro, that guy said some things to me or he pointed me in a direction or the time that I spent with him, like it changed my life. Like yeah. literally, and my life would be different if I didn't know him. That to me is what I want to be greedy for. Like if I'm going to be greedy for something, I want to have a room full of like 10,000 people who could say that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's like one of the things that you helped me realize. I think, you know, maybe it was at our last event where it was like, John, why are you doing this? What is it? What is it? And, and, and the answer can't always be like, I'm trying to make X number of dollars mm -hmm. or sell X number of homes. And, and what are you doing this for, right? You can't just pursue infinite amounts of money, right? And the big, the big aha moment for me was when you, you graciously pulled it out of me where you were like, I, I think you brought it to my attention. I was telling you a story about one of the girls on our team who... Uh, I think it was her father who had said, listen, like, how long are you going to do this real estate thing for? Because, like, you know, in lesser words, you're not necessarily bringing <laughs> in any this. money, right? Yeah. Like, eh, you know? And I was like, your father said what? Mm. And that's what and you're like. And like, I remember your reaction was like, 
And, I, and, and, and honestly, like that was the aha moment for me. It was like helping people just get themselves to the next level yep. is, is frankly why I'm doing it. Yeah, and I love that, brother. And we did this whole exercise about like trying to getting to why, right? And yeah. if you look at stories in the past that were really impactful for you or people that were really impactful, like you can kind of flesh it out. It takes work, but you can flesh it out because here's what I know is that um, like playing the finite game, applying finite rules to an infinite game leads to disappointment. Because yep. I don't know about you, but when I hit 200 deals, there was no fucking horses yeah, with like nothing. flags with my name on it. Like the guy at Starbucks wasn't nicer to me in the line. Like, you know, like nothing <laughs> yeah. really. Or when I became a, like a net worth millionaire, like things, there weren't no balloons or confetti. Like nothing really changed in like a huge way. Yep. So what I'm aware of is that like there's an art, there's a, a science to achievement. You do certain things in a certain way, in a certain order, over an extended period of time, get proximity to certain people. Like, you'll produce the results that you want. They may not happen as fast as you want in the quantity you want, as, you know, but they'll happen. But there's yep. an art to fulfillment. And what I said to you today on our calls, I'm like, John, listen, brother, you're going to die with a lot of money. You just are. You're smart. <laughs> you're you're a recover. hustler. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just will, bro. But here's the question. What's the mission and the purpose for your non-refundables while you're here? Like, what am I going to look back and be like, yes, bro, like that, I was here, I did that, like I put my mark on those people. And when we were in that room, all the other stuff you were telling me about, you talk about, you talk about like 400 deals, you'd be like, yeah, you know, I want to do like 400 deals and like, this is what it's going to mean for money. <laughs> and the and voice then when we, like this. And then when we started talking about, you were like, about helping people, bro, it's like you got plugged into a light bulb. <laughs> like, I got excited right now. Dude, you wanted yeah. to like jump out of your chair. I was like, bro, like that's it. Yeah. That's your mission and purpose. It's to like equip other people to play. It, it brings you fulfillment. It brings you joy. So if you can do that and do well, and to your point, like pursuing endless amounts of money, I think you can do that. The problem is, is does, that it doesn't lead to the better angels of our nature as humans. Yeah. Right. It brings out right. not good things, right? Because like, oh, well, it's more. So let me cut a little corner so I can get a little more. Or, oh, yeah. it's more? Let me, like, yeah. do this shitty thing, even though it's shitty, so I could get a little more, right? It doesn't bring out the better angel of our nature. Yeah. So yeah. instead, though, like, to that point, like, if I know my freedom number, if I know what I need in residual to be able to mm -hmm. live the life I want and take my family, take care of my family the way I want, take the trips I want and things of that nature, which usually is far less than what you think it is, right? Totally. But once I know that number, then I can be intentional and purposeful with this income that I'm generating, and I can move steadily towards that number. And mm. then I can pursue things because they, they bring me energy. They light me up. They're enjoyable to me. And, and, and I believe that in the long run, not only will you be successful in the material sense doing that, but you'll also be more fulfilled. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think one of the important things, too, is that, like, we all come from this world of, like, you know, upgrade your life, upgrade your mm -hmm. life, upgrade, 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 right? Just about And that, it's, yeah. it's, it's, when people hear upgrade, it was like, and I'll be honest, like some of these tactics have worked for me in the past, right? Like, hey, let's let's uh, let's go out and lease that car that's a little bit above what uh, you probably should be driving, and but once you sign up for that payment, you're going to yep. push yourself to do more and work harder and and take on more. So, talk to us about the difference between like, you know, um, uh, thinking, bigger. thinking bigger and consuming bigger. Yeah, we talked about that, and what John he's he's. He's leaving out is that uh, at one of our events, I gave him a lot of static for that, right? Um, so what I'm aware of is is that in the 
the message that people receive, so you have to be very careful. Okay, so if knowledge equals power, mm-hmm. which I believe that that's true, yep. then I have to scrutinize the knowledge. What if I have the wrong information? Yep. That becomes problematic. So I could have good intent. I could have like, you know, like the will and hustle. But if I'm applying, so Jim, our, our lovely Uncle Jim Rohn, he says that success mm. is a few disciplines practiced daily and failure is a few errors in judgment practice mm-hmm. daily. So if I have this error in judgment where I'm confusing consuming big with thinking big, let's say I'm trying to keep up with somebody that makes 10 or $15 million a year Yep, yep. And, and, and it's being like, oh, your car payment's 500 bucks. Mine's 5,000. Yeah, you make 10 million fucking bucks a year. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, okay, like, how is that? Like, what I'm aware of is, is having that mindset, if, if I follow that to its end point, so I'm, I'm continuing to upgrade my lifestyle as my income comes up, how much money do I have for labor? None. How much money do I have for capital to be working for me? None. How much money Mm. do I have for other forms of leverage? None. So the unfortunate thing is that if people follow that particular tract of knowledge and information, Uh then it leads more often than not, not always. I mean, Mm. I'll I'll say that that's true. But more often than not, it doesn't lead to a desired destination. It leads to being in a room when you're in your late, you know, 70s talking about contacts. (laughs) Yeah. And, you and can that's, never get off you can never get off the hamster wheel. Bro, I remember right. being in a mastermind one time and I'm like, listen guys, I don't because I was always usually like the youngest person in the group. And I always I was like, listen guys, I don't mean this to be a jerk. I really don't. I don't want you to take it this way. But if I'm still on this call talking about taking listings when I'm in my sixties, I screwed up. Yeah, if I'm knocking on doors <laughs> and chasing expireds when I'm seventy four years old, it's Yeah, uh, like something's wrong. Like I yeah. messed up. Yeah. Well, a good follow up question would be what do you do to fight complacency? Oh, that's a good question. So what I've had to train myself to do, um, so my tendency is it, in the is past it weird that I, I think I know what his answer is going to be, but I'm a maybe. No, I think that's good <laughs> because, uh, you know, that means we're vibing on the same wavelength and, yeah. and leadership is just teaching people how to think. So, um, you know, if we're thinking the same, that means what we're doing is uh, having an impact. So um, my tendency in the past, because I came from a place of fear and scarcity, my, you know, my my family never made more than like 50, 60 grand a year. Mm. And that shapes you no matter how you try to like, mess with it. Like, cause you're constantly bombarded with images and messages about money. So I played from a place of fear. So I would hoard money. Yep. So, so like I would just hoard it and then you'd end up with a bunch piled up and you're just like hoarding it. Like, Oh, my precious, you know? <laughs> and it was like this, it was like this false sense of security. Exactly. Yep. Right. So um, what I've had to train myself to do over time is to push it away from me. So meaning like as it piles up, so let's say that I told you that this thing that you think is safe is slowly but surely disappearing every year. So meaning mm-hmm. you put 100000 there and at the end of the year, you have 93000 still there. Yeah. Yep. Like it's slowly but surely disappearing. If that was the case, would you let it sit there and do nothing? Absolutely not. No. And when you think about it, okay, so when we lend our money to a bank, what does the bank immediately do legally with the money that we lent them? That we gave them. And they're legally allowed to do nine times what we gave them. And what do they lend it for? Loans, mortgages, anything. 
Mortgages, cars, credit cards, college. And who are they lending it to? Me. Everyday people. Everybody. <laughs> All the people who gave them the money. Yeah. Yep. Same people. That's crazy. So, like, we have to pay attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then it's like what I've had to do, John, is I've had to, I had to train myself to, to, like, push capital away. So that keeps me hungry. So let's say, like, I push money into a private equity deal and I wire a meaningful amount of money. Okay, we got to go do, like, let's go to work. We got to go back yeah. to work. We got to go do some talks. We got to go do this. We got to go do that. Like, let's keep it moving. And mm-hmm. it's not how much you keep. It's not how, well, it's not how much you make. It's not how much you keep. It's how much you keep in circulation. Mm. I have to keep it circulating. So as and soon as it comes in, it's getting right back out there. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's not like we're being irresponsible. So in other words, if you have six months of liquid capital for expenses to cover your business and all that other personal expenses, yes, do that. Like that helps you sleep like a baby at night. Fine. But once you get past that, it starts piling up. You know why it piles up? Because you don't have a plan. Yep. And you're scared. Because if I knew that I could recreate it like that, I wouldn't hesitate. I would just push it away from me and keep moving on. Yeah. It, the, really, the issue is that you have never lost that scarcity mindset, right? So you you have that scarcity mindset of getting the money, and then you're scared of losing the money. Now you're hoarding the money, and you just want to get more money, but you're hoarding it, but you're really losing it. So yeah. it's a it's a lose game in that mindset. That's exactly is, right. And 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 what I'm aware of is is like you guys know. I mean, I know people that are like net worth millionaires, but act like they're broke. Right. They're still asking for coupons. They're still like, you know, hey, you you get your portion of the bill. We're not going to get the appetizer today. Like that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were sharing. <laughs> Sorry, when you were sharing that story, it reminded me of that biblical story of the three servants that went up to the master and he gave them three golden tokens each one. The one that gave six was praised. The one that came back with one was punished and said, never give him money again. He's banished. So it's almost like if you don't do anything to grow what you have, what are you really doing? Yeah, like uh, exactly. It's the story of the talents. And exactly. like some people, what they do is they bury them. Mm-hmm. That's what leaving it sitting there is doing is you're burying the talents when you're being called to multiply. Just like yeah. you're being called to be of service to the many, not just to Kiro, not just to John, to as many people as possible. And, yeah. and life rewards life. So again, there's some fundamental rules, right? Some fundamental laws, even though the landscape changes, right? All the mm-hmm. time. But there's some fundamental rules and laws. And if you can align yourself with them, then it's like a lever. You're like dramatically increasing the probability that you'll produce favorable outcomes. Yeah. The one I, thing that resonates is you're, you're, with me really is when you were saying about your upbringing. Are you immigrant first generation? How does that where do you yeah, so um, no, my family of origin, I guess, technically was uh, I would be like second generation. And uh, but, you know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was young. But um, in terms of like the nuclear family, again, hardworking, salt of the earth type people um, doing the best they can under the set of circumstances that they had, but operating with the wrong information. Like operating with information that like credit card companies don't want you to like they reward you for paying it out instead of paying it all at one time. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like it's good to yeah. carry a balance. Like what? Like who told yeah. you that? Like how is that? How, how does that make sense? Or I'm afraid yeah. to file my taxes because I'm afraid I'm going to owe money. Like what? How does that mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like um, what I'm aware of is. Uh, and that's like a real thing. You know, 65% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, man. So that means 65% of people, like if you're at line in Starbucks, almost seven out of those 10 people, that's their experience. And almost 60% of Americans couldn't come up with 2,000 bucks in an emergency. We're in the richest country in the world. Yeah. How is that possible? Crazy. It's funny you say Starbucks because there's 
something I call a Starbucks effect, right? You ever walk into a Starbucks and behind the counter who's serving you is someone who's been in America, third, fourth generation, right? But then the people who are getting served coming in ordering $10 drinks are immigrants or first generation, second generation. It's because they value the work ethic and they feel like there's a responsibility that's owed to the sacrifice that their family's done by coming here. 100%. And um, I think they also like understand the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So like, I think I still play hungry. So what I'm aware of is, is I remember I watched Gary Vee one time insult a whole crowd of MBAs. <laughs> so he sits down and he's like, look guys, thanks for welcoming me here. They probably paid him a hundred grand to be there too. So he sits down and he's like, Hey, um, the first thing I want to tell you is I don't believe that you can learn entrepreneurship in books. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't either. I think he's right. And, uh, he was like, okay. And everybody's like, yeah, so now that I've insulted all of you guys, the reason why is, is because in this room, there's a lot of number twos, threes, and fours, right? And that's okay. Mm-hmm. To be like an entrepreneur, he believes that it's in your DNA. Like I was selling airheads in my book bag at the bus stop when I was in middle school. And then what I did is I took the money, I ironed <laughs> the $1 bills. Wow. I put them in little baseball cases, baseball. Remember those baseball cases you would have? Yep. Yeah. And then I would fan them out and be like, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. Like, Come I think, I really do think that shit is either in your DNA or it's not. And it's yeah. okay. Like, I feel like we, and he said, like, I feel like now we have this love affair of entrepreneurship, but he's like, it's not for everybody. It's really not. It's not. And, and what I'm aware of is, is that 75% or 70% of all millionaires in the United States work for somebody else. I think people think like they got to do their own thing. But he also said this, which was interesting. He was like, yeah, the other thing that the reason why I don't think that this is for you is because you're soft. Oh, (laughs) and they were like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, I came from Belarus, which is like, you know, like the last dictatorship in Europe. And when we came here, we lived in like, like a room with like 10 people. And then I worked in my dad's like, um, you know, liquor store chipping ice for a dollar an hour for 10 hours a day. And while you were in the Hamptons, yeah, like I'm going to beat you because I'm going to outwork you, period. Yeah. yeah. And think- what I'm aware of is like, I feel like that's so like, I don't think that's 100% necessary. Right. But I'm still playing like that. Like people are like, why are you? So today I did 16 coaching calls back to back and now we're doing this podcast episode. Yeah, and it's by like, the way, well, why- uh, 5 p.m. on a Friday. Yep. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, why are you doing it, bro? Like I'm just, I'm why playing- not? Why not? Number one, There's... I have the energy, right? Number two, though, like it's in alignment with the vision. How many more people can I help? How many more people can I be in contact with? And number three, like what I'm trying to do is just bigger. Yeah. yeah. Do you so, think what you're doing is going to affect your kids in terms of their hunger? So here's what's interesting, and I'll tell you a story. And the answer is no, but here's why. So I think you got to be careful with that. Because I think what happens is, is people, they want to give their kids what they didn't have. But what they end up doing is making them shitheads. So what, like, I don't really, really buy my kids a lot of stuff. Um, and I'll tell you two stories about that. And it's not that they don't go without, trust me. But, you know, they get stuff for birthdays or whatever. Mm. But um, my, my son, he was playing baseball and he needed some baseball gear. So I took him to Dick's Sporting Goods. I didn't tell him what we were doing. And he was like, I'm like, yeah, you know, test out that bat, test out this. And he was like, okay. And he tested out. I'm like, is this the stuff you like? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, we're going to get it. And he looked at me like, bro, that cat <laughs> hugged me in Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> 
and yep. was like, thank you so much, Dad. Why? Because, like, I don't, I'm not like, you know, every time he wants something, just like, boom, right? It's not taken for granted. Yeah. The other thing is, is I've been teaching them. So the first time he wanted money, he wanted some Pokemon cards, right? I was going to say, so he's like, I feel like Aaron, like, like, th- th- like, is it sick that, like, this is why I want to have kids so I can, like, play these little games with them? <laughs> no, bro. It's fantastic. So what I did with him is he wanted, po- he wanted money for Pokemon cards. So I'm like, how much do you want, brother? He's like, well, I want like 10 bucks. I'm like, all right, well, the way it works in life is you have to do something of value for another human to get money. So mm. what can you do for me that would be valuable? He's like, I don't know. What do you need? I'm like, well, I need you I can clean my office. He's like, all right, well, how much are you going to pay me? I'm like, what do you think it's worth? He's like, two bucks. I'm like, that's a little light, brother. How about 10? <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So what I did is I drafted up a contract. I'm like, what do you want to name your LLC? He's like, Pokemon LLC. I'm like, cool. So this agreement's between Pokemon LLC and Aaron Novello PA. The scope of work is you're going to sweep the floor. You're going to wipe everything down. You're going to wipe the bookshelf down. You're going to do this. Upon inspection from a representative of Aaron Novello PA, if the work is complete, you'll get your 10 bucks. He does the work, sign contract. He signs it. I sign it. Hmm. Then he does the work. And when he does the work, he's like, great. I give him 10 bucks. I'm like, great. You got to give me three back. He's like, what do you mean? why that's the money you're going to invest he was like oh why would i do that i'm like well while you're watching cartoons you can still get paid he's like that's possible it's 100 percent possible (laughs) okay cool so but do you see what i'm doing in his brain i'm making a link that i am not a source of money that his own mind his own creativity his own imagination the other thing i do is I, i i share with them so like when we walk up to a place you know when you're a kid like you don't even think about this stuff but I'll be like to my daughter, I'm like, Liliana, like everything here is a business. She's like, what do you mean? Like, say we're at like a, uh, like uh, a shopping center. I'm like, what are, what is that yoga studio selling? She's like, yoga. <laughs> what is that grocery store selling? Groceries. What is that pizza shop selling? Food. Hmm. What is that dentist office selling? Medical care. Yeah. So that's the way the world works. Is, and guess what? Somebody owns this building and they all pay them rent. There's like, really? Yeah. That's how it works. And then when I go do investments, Carol, like let's say these syndications where I invest in like big multifamily apartment buildings, like 300 unit buildings, I bring them with me to go walk the property. And I say, listen, guys, here's what's going to happen. So what daddy's going to do, he went out and he traded time for money and um, he's made himself valuable. So people will pay him a lot of money for his time. He's going to take that time for money and you know what we're going to do with it? They're like, what? We're going to buy back time. And the way we're going to buy back time is we're going to push a tidy sum into this building. And then what's going to happen is all these people are going to go to work for 40 hours a week, and then they're going to pay their rent, and we're going to get a tiny piece of that money every month. Every month, Daddy? Every month. On the 15th. And then my daughter, if you look at my thing on the 15th, I'll do little pictures where I'll be like, Liliana, what's today? Little stories. She's like, it's distribution day, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. So think about it. Like It's like, I'm, I'm, t- cause bro, we are all highly educated people. We went to, a, to universities. We got advanced degrees. Who taught you that? Nobody. Right. That's nobody, well, that's, bro. Yeah. I mean, don't even get me started with that. Like, I mean, you know, like we always talk, we always joke, you always tease me about like DECA and like, um, yep. and for those of you that don't know, DECA is like a sort of a marketing club in high school. And like, thank God for that class, because that's like one of the, you know, the things that sort of got me off my feet, but like, that's the thing, you know, with the education system today, like they should be teaching people how to like 
you know, uh, balance their check account, checking account, how to pay taxes, how to file, you know, tax returns and, and like how to invest and, and yeah, all that and I, stuff. And it's just, yeah. And I think what's interesting is I think that they do, they do some of that, but like what I just shared, they don't yeah, do at all. Nothing. And I think that yeah. the important thing is, is that we as parents or whatever, like it's my duty and obligation to give that to them because nobody else will. Yeah. Yeah, for right? sure. So let me ask you, if, if your son Ooh. had paid your daughter to clean the office, like three bucks, would you be an would you He'd be a okay genius. That? Hey, as long as <laughs> if he figured that out all by himself and he drafted up a contract. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, he's, uh, <laughs> he's like sitting in like a lawn chair in hey. the driveway. He's like, I'm off today. He's like, uh, hey. but Liliana is going to be taking care of you. <laughs> That's right. He's like, Daddy, I'm applying the leverage of labor. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so... So, but here's he's what he like, did Daddy, today. You get how this house works? He's like, these people work for me. <laughs> yeah, I love that, bro. I love that. So, and here's what happened today, which was like so beautiful. Made me fucking smile on the inside. So we, uh, we live on a golf course. Like we back directly up to the golf course. So we have all of these golf balls all the time coming in, right? Yep. So what he did is, is he cleans them, right? Mm. And I, I, uh, I gave him this like... Uh, like idea i'm like well you know you can sell those back to people he's like really i'm like yeah bro just because they're dirty don't mean you can't use them you know what i'm saying you could clean them off and then um you know you could do that so what he did was he cleaned them all off he saw some guys today that were out by our house looking for a ball he was like hey you guys want some balls they're like yeah you got some balls he's like yeah i got some balls. <laughs> he goes over and he's like he's, they're like you sell them by the dozen he's like yeah i sell them by the dozen and if you golf i mean golf balls could be like three four dollars a ball so this cat sold uh, three dozens of balls, or, or so 36 balls for $44. He comes in and fans the money to me. He's like, look what I did, Daddy. I'm like, hell yeah, it, brother. He, put it, he ironed it out, and then <laughs> yep. put it in the baseball card holder, right? So, but that link, like understanding, guys, there's money all around you. Like, yep. that yep. was valuable to those guys in that moment. They needed golf balls. You had them. You made an exchange. Everybody was happy with it. And now from that 44, I'm going to have him give me 30% of it, 12, 15 bucks. And we're going to put that as a investment account. And then we keep it moving. So then when he's older and his friends are like, what are you doing? He's like, this is how you do it, bro. You go out, you make money, you take 30%, you go invest it. And like, that's it. Yeah. I love it. What's cool is, is you know, he's going to be telling that, that golf ball story now, you know, like you're telling the airhead story. So. That, that's that's legit, man. And I, I, you know, we had a question written out here for you. If if you could only share one principle with your kid, obviously, you know, you've shared a lot with them more than other people. But if you can only share one principle with your your son and daughter, uh, and you couldn't share any other principles around money, what would it be? Yeah, I I think what it would be is that like, it's it's interesting because it's like hard to be like one there's a uh, maybe two and then I'll, I'll leave it at that so one would we'll be is that like one would be that um like everything changes externally you know your body changes like i'm, I'm shrinking as we speak my ears are getting bigger my nose is getting longer like like uh, the external environment's going to change like all around you all the time hmm. there is something that you possess though that never does change which is like your heart of hearts and like um all of the times when you like connected with people in a meaningful way and all of the times where you've witnessed somebody like an act of kindness to another human and it moved you or somebody you've seen like overcome like something amazing and like it, it tears you up. That shit happens to me all the time. 
that's because you're tapping into that thing right there. And mm. that thing never, ever changes, but everything yeah. else around you does. And if you can connect with that and make it your mission to connect with that as often as possible, like you're going to lead a life that's fulfilling and enjoyable. So that would be the first one. The second one is, is that um, like the way that I've dramatically changed my life is with information. Yep. And um, to be a never ending nonstop, student right uh because things perpetually change and as i mentioned to you that there's some fundamental laws that don't but making sure you have access to the right information around the areas in your life that matter most whether it's your marriage because you know it's interesting i find it so fascinating where like we have a tendency to like like uh look at only one metric so you'll see mm. somebody doing 400 deals and you'll be like, oh my God, he's the man or woman. I have no idea what his marriage is like. I have no idea what his family life is like. I have no idea what his uh, relationship is with his children. I have no idea like what their finances are like. I have, I have no, I have no idea what her mental health is like. I have, she might go home and drink a bottle of wine every night. Like I have no mm. idea. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're looking at only one metric. So in the areas in your life that matter most to you, whether it's your relationships, uh, both professional and, and personal, whether it's finances, whether it's um, your body, whether mm. it's mental, whether it's spiritual, making sure that I am a serious student constantly and perpetually seeking out information. And I think if you do, if you do those two things in combination, not only will you live a life in which you produce outcomes that are favorable, meaning that yeah. they're desired outcomes that you want, but you'll also be fulfilled and enjoy yourself. Awesome. awesome now, Aaron, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can uh, catch me on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Uh, they can catch me there. Also, the website, which is www.aaronnovello.com. We do have a podcast of our own, the Aaron Novello Podcast. They can check that out. And uh, if I can be of help or service or assist you, it truly is a privilege and a pleasure to do so. I think you awesome. forgot uh, TikTok, too. Oh, yeah, TikTok. Thanks for mentioning that. I'm, I'm new to TikTok, <laughs> but we're starting to bang on it. So It is blowing up, baby. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, awesome, Aaron, man. thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome and look forward to talking to you soon. Really yeah, appreciate it. My pleasure, it. guys. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.